Hi, Jake. How are you? <laughs> Thanks for having me on your show. Good to see you. Thank you. Thank and you congratulations so on everything. Oh, thank yeah. you. Well, we've been friends for, oh my gosh, long time. Long time. Since before 2000. Hanabara days. <laughs> <laughs> and I am just so in awe of how you accomplish so much travel the world all oh, over and you're no, still the same yeah no no humble I don't do this, loving no. thank you so and you've got a new album I, oh yes a new, <laughs> new album so <laughs> well first before we start about what's happening uh -huh. now um tell me about the beginning like when did you first pick up an ukulele oh i was four years old and my mom played so she sat me down taught me a few chords and i just fell in love with it so was so she I like just, an avid player or? Uh, no, I mean she would just strum and sing, you know, just basic chords and things like that. And I, I just loved it. I mean, I could just play a C chord over and over and over and I mean for hours and, and not get bored of it. You know, there's something about the sound. It was so therapeutic. I mean, for the first like few years of playing the ukulele, that's all I played was just like two or three chords. Oh. Yeah, and, and that, that was it. I uh, And then I think when I was about seven years old is she uh, I think that's when uh, my parents sent me to Roy Sukuma ukulele studios and um, and then that's when I started learning how to pick melodies and things like that learned more chords you know more than three chords and I just uh, yeah and I'm still learning more chords so was it always you and your brother that would play yeah uh-huh so my brother and I you know grew up playing together and um, yeah, and I think that was, uh, that's what, you know, really music really brought us close, you know, especially when we got older and uh, we still play together and, you know, we're still both um, involved in music just in different ways, so mm -hmm. yeah. You know, I think, um, you know, obviously a lot of people when they think of a ukulele expert, they do think of someone like Roy Sakuma. Oh yeah. How do you feel when they say you're the expert now? No, I'm definitely not an expert at the instrument. I mean, there's just so much to learn about the ukulele, and, and that's how I feel. It's like every time I learn something new or discover something new about it, I realize how much more there is to learn. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's, I think, the beauty of, of music or, you know, well, really uh, in, in, any, um, in any field, right? Mm -hmm. you know, there's always just, you can always take it many, many steps further, you know, than, than where you are. You just have to uh, be humble and be open to the idea, right? that there's just so much more out there to learn and even if you don't know what that is you know that doesn't mean that you know everything you know it means that you need to search and you need to find other other doors to open other opportunities to seek you know that just kind of shed light on just uh, you know just kind of uncharted territory I think that keeps you grounded too right oh definitely yeah definitely it's very humbling you know um, you know, music, well, any, any art form is, is just so humbling because there's just so much, uh, there's just a, a wealth of inspiration out there and it's it's everywhere. I and mean, if you um, you just kind of take the time to stop and, and just kind of open your eyes, you know, a lot of times uh, those things are, are right in front of you and it just uh, brings so much joy and happiness for, to me anyway, mm -hmm. you know, and I, and that's something I look forward to, and that's why I'm so grateful for the ukulele. So grateful that, you know, my great-great-grandparents came over to, you know, the island so that I could be born and raised in such, a, such an incredible culture and, and environment, so, yeah. Aww. Who do you look up to as far as role models? 
well, you know, you mentioned Roy Sukuma, and, and to me, I always tell people that, you know, Roy was, uh, he's truly like the, the godfather of the ukulele, you know. Of course, you know, there have been so many virtuosos and, and masters, you know, uh, like for example, Eddie Kamai, right? Mm -hmm. Eddie Kamai was, you know, the first true virtuoso of, of the instrument, and then because of Eddie Kamai, we had Otasan, mm -hmm. right? And Otasan uh, was another one of my heroes that I grew up listening to, and uh, always inspired me to, to play both of those those guys, Eddie Kamai, Otasan. And then if we didn't have Otasan, we wouldn't have Roy Sukuma today. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of this, um, you know, the, the one generation inspiring the next generation. But the thing with Roy Sukuma to me is he took it a step further because not only was he such a gifted ukulele player, but he pioneered a whole system of notation and method of teaching the ukulele to, you know, hundreds of thousands of kids and, and, and people, you know, uh, from Hawaii and, and from outside of Hawaii. And he, uh, he was just so brilliant because a lot of people don't know this, but he developed a system of notation that he could, um, where he used a typewriter because we didn't have computers right oh. back then. So he used the typewriter and he used the dashes and the periods and the lowercase letters and the uppercase letters to dictate notation, to, dic to dictate eighth notes and 16th notes. For 16th notes, he would use the equal sign because like when you look at 16th notes uh, on classical notation, you know, you have the double bar. Mm. So the equal sign is like the double bar. And for eighth notes, it's just a single bar. So he would just use the dash to connect the letters. And to me, that was so brilliant. I like how you got excited about it. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it is. It's, it's, it's absolutely, uh, I mean, he's just, he was a, a genius, you know, in just coming up with that. And then he also pioneered the idea of, um, of ukulele festivals. Mm -hmm. You know, this year was their 48th anniversary, you know, their 48th annual uh, ukulele festival here at Kapilani um, Bandstand, which is so cool that we're actually here right now I doing this I think it was significant for you. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, but when he first started doing it, I mean, people thought he was crazy. They were like, an ukulele festival, what is that? But it, now, I, you know, as you mentioned, I have the opportunity to travel to different parts of the world. and. And all these different countries now and cities all over the world have ukulele festivals. And it's because of Roy Sukuma. You think so? Like oh, yeah. For sure. Oh, without a doubt. Okay. Because he's, um, he pioneered that idea almost 50 years ago. And all these festivals now that are coming up over in Europe and in Australia and New Zealand and, and all over Asia, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they've only been around for, what, five not even maybe the oldest one is maybe 10 years yeah. you know he's been doing that, that 40 one group years that always that. comes from somewhere i forget i remember interviewing them and they're like really into it i feel like they're foreign from canada maybe or, yeah yeah, yeah I mean, and they a, wear lays and aloha shirts and they're okay. like super into it yeah i don't know i mean there's groups now from canada from japan yeah. all over the mainland you know from europe that that come you know for uh, roy's festival now and then so to me to see that because I used to play at his festival when I was a kid mm -hmm. and just to see how much it's grown is just it's amazing you know what what Roy and Kathy Sakuma have accomplished you know through their vision and of course their hard work and just their dedication and commitment to the ukulele to the culture here is just phenomenal when you've had a hand also in perpetuating that legacy 
No, no, I don't, I don't <laughs> think so. But, but thank you. But yeah, I, I'm just a big fan of the ukulele. I love playing it. I love, um, I love how it excites people. I love how it brings, you know, joy to, to people. Mm -hmm. And what I love most about it is, um, is, and and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way because, but a lot of people, especially outside of Hawaii don't view the ukulele as a very serious musical instrument mm -hmm. you know that's and true. that's that's um, and I've heard it over and over and over and I never get defensive about it because mm -hmm. to me I think that's how we should view all musical instruments mm -hmm. we should not be intimidated like if we see a violin or a cello or a piano we shouldn't be like oh that's so hard to play I'll never be able to play it no it should be inviting like the way the ukulele is so inviting yeah right if yep. you mention to somebody hey let's play the ukulele they'll be like sure i never tried it i've, I've never played an yeah. instrument before but I, I, it looks like fun and that's a great word inviting yeah exactly it's friendly it's inviting it's affordable very low maintenance it's portable you can take it with you everywhere mm -hmm. right you know try traveling with like a piano or oh. a cello or a, yeah. you know even it gets hard it gets hard like when i travel with the ukulele i can just put it you know in the compartment mm -hmm. you know the overhead compartment it'll even fit under the seat in front of me you know if, if i need to yeah so it's um i think it is especially in this day and age you know where we want everything tiny like our phones tiny yeah. mini ipads Compact. you know uh laptop computers we, we want everything um, portable and just easily accessible and i think the ukulele falls into that category perfectly definitely it's an amazing instrument um so you know you did talk about how you've traveled all over the world and I know you go to Japan quite often and I think you were just in like North Carolina or something. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. We were just so there. Mm -hmm. what are some of your fondest memories or like some of the craziest things that have happened you uh, know, in this so far all these years of experience? Well well one of my fondest memories musically, uh, one that really sticks out to me was the, well one of the, the last times we, we worked together was when I was working on the the concerto piece with uh, the Hawaii Symphony Orchestra you know it was a piece that was composed by Dr. Byron Yasui who was one of my mentors and teachers um, he composed a contemporary classical piece for for the well for me and the Hawaii Symphony Orchestra and um, and if you recall from that interview you know it was the most challenging piece of music that I had ever tackled mm -hmm. you know, because I've never played atonal music before right it's always it's always uh, I don't know what uh, the opposite of that tonal music <laughs> but, I know, like, it's, but it was it was so exhilarating um, to me that was that was like my marathon mm -hmm. you know for uh, as far as my musical journey and you know, I, I never worked so hard on a piece of music uh, before in my life, but it was it was just so fulfilling. And I remember the premiere. You know, the, when we premiered it the first night. I mean, after we played the piece, it was just so intense, and I'll just never forget. I mean, after after the we after the last chord, and people, you know, stood up. Standing ovation. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I just I just broke down in tears. I mean, it was just so much work. So, and then uh, yeah. And um, you know, it was just one of the greatest uh, moments for me. That's yeah. amazing, unreal. And people probably don't think about 
the work that goes into it. Because they probably think, oh, it comes easy for you, or as a musician, you know, you just play. Yeah, well, and, and not just, you know, not, not just the work that I put into it, but all the, all the other people that, that put the time and effort into it. Well, of course, you know, Dr. Yasui, who took the time to write the piece, right? I mean, they commissioned him to write the piece. You know, the, the, the care and, the, and just uh, the dedication, right, that he put into composing the piece. And then um, I had, uh, I had um, the support from, um, from Misaki's School of Music, too. Uh, uh, Brett Nita there, he's one of the, the piano, instruct, uh, piano coaches. You know, he was my music coach for the piece. So he played the orchestra reduction so that we could, I could practice, you know, the piece. Because I couldn't rehearse with the orchestra, mm-hmm. right? You know, mm-hmm. um, in fact, the orchestra part wasn't even written yet. When I when I had already when I had received the ukulele part, so um, you know Brett w- Brett Nita um, worked with me. Um, uh, I mean, we basically from Monday through Friday, uh, Brent and I worked from uh, like eight or nine o'clock in the morning till about two or three in the afternoon, just straight. I mean, we would take oh. a short lunch. A lot of times we just bring lunch in. And um, and we would just kind of eat while we're you know while we're rehearsing and going over stuff. So he just he committed so much time you know and energy into it. Um, and uh, so you know just thinking about and and then the the work that the orchestra put into it and everything. It was just you know just 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 so many people that were involved you know in a project like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It was just—it was just so moving, you know. It makes you realize how how um, powerful, you know, music is. How it brings people together, unites us, and uh, and just um, I don't know. It just makes us feel so alive and and just so in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a beautiful experience. That's wonderful. And thanks for sharing that with me. Oh, yeah. No, thank you. Yeah.